all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Southern Remedy for Women with Dr. Michelle Owens on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Dr. Michelle Owens, and I'm here in the studio with the delightful Dr. Allie Brown, surgical pathologist at UMMC, and I am an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and today we are talking all things influenza. Um, We are going to talk about the flu vaccine, how to not get the flu, myths about the flu, do you have the flu? Hopefully you don't want the flu. We're going to teach you how not to get the flu. Um, So if you would, please give us a call. Tune in, phone a friend. um, Share your experience with us. If you've got some, and we will even do home remedies for the flu today. Let's hear it. would be great. I'd love to hear if you got some great home remedies or some things that work for keeping the flu away. Give us a call. Share share your experiences with us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That number is one 877 Six seven two seven four six four, and our computer lines are also open. You can drop us an email to women at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Dr. Brown. Hey, good morning, Dr. Owens. How are you? I'm fantastic. How so, are you? I'm doing great. It's been a crazy day. Okay, so very crazy day. The weather is insane. Yeah, what happened? I, I was wearing shorts yesterday. What happened? I know. So it was like 70 degrees, and now it is freezing. It's been, So I saw a couple of snow flurries. There was sleet this morning when I was driving to work. It's just, I don't know. We can't get rid of our winter wonderland. There was some wind last night, too. Yeah, it was. And and, and some rain, you know, which has definitely cooled things off. And it's going to be pretty cool, I think, for the next few. We're not doing the weather, but going to be cool for the next few days. So if you guys have not been outside... Don't go outside, but <laughs> right, if you must go outside, then you need to break out a respectable coat because it is, it's, it's frigid out there. And if you have the flu, stay home. Uh, yeah. If you got the flu, stay, stay in, please. Cause, um, don't it, expose anybody. No, this is, this is, this is really bad. It's, it's freezing out there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, this is so weird. This has been a very strange week for me and I'm just going to take this little segue for a minute. We're going to get 
get on talking with the flu. And, you know, as always, we're we're here to field any of your regular women's health or other health uh, related questions and concerns. But this has just been kind of a very somber week for me. Um, for a variety of reasons. But um, this has been a week that for me and for my family and also for our community here in Jackson, that we have experienced some some devastating loss. Um, and so for all the people who are out there who are who have been touched by loss this week, our hearts and prayers go out to you um, because it just, you know, we, we came off of a great new year and had so many great expectations and are looking forward to so many wonderful things and the blessings of a new year. And it just kind of keeps things in perspective to know that, you know, tomorrow's not promised. And so, you know, hug your loved ones when you can. Let people who are special to you know that they're special to you. Um, because uh, at any given point in time, um, any of us cannot be here anymore. And um, and that's something that has touched my family. It's touched uh, my friends and our community in Jackson. And so I just kind of wanted to take a minute to say that um, because it's been a really tough week in that regard. Yeah. But anyway, we're, it didn't have anything to do with the flu. That was just Owens' little segue there. Because um, when, when things like this kind of happen, I really feel like we have to at least... Um, acknowledge them and uh, give them their space and their place in order to be able to kind of process and move on because that's part of life too. But anyway, um, so once again, guys, we are talking today about the flu. Um, That's going to be our special topic, but as always, we are willing to take any of your health-related calls and concerns, especially if they are related to women's health issues. Our number, once again, is one eight seven seven mpb ring For those of you who don't have letters on your phone, it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And again, our email, women at mpbonline.com. Dot org. So, um, Dr. Brown, what is what when I what is the first thing? What is one of the most important things you think we need to get out to the to the listening audience when it comes to um, uh, a a fact or just something to know about the flu? Please get your flu shot. I think first and foremost, that's the biggest thing you can do for yourself and for your family to lessen your chances of getting the flu. So if I got my flu shot two years ago, am I good? If I got one two woman, years ago. If you're superwoman. The effects of the flu shot, unfortunately, wear off. Our immune systems don't all wear, go the same. And then also different strains of flu are more prevalent every year. And vaccine makers have to kind of take an educated guess. Guess is probably not right, but an educated assumption as to what the most prevalent flu strains will be when they make their vaccine earlier in the year before flu season starts. And so since flu strains shift from year to year, and because our immune systems kind of peter out as the effect that we have from prior year's vaccines, you need to get that thing every year, Dr. Owens. Every year. Every year. So the listening audience by now, over the course of the past three and a half to four years, have figured out that Owens hates needles. I hate needles. I don't like them. Who loves needles? There are some people who really don't care. Some people are not bothered by them. I'm not bothered by them. I know you are not. Because as evidenced by that time when we had the acupuncture show and you let somebody put little needles into your foot. And I went back for more. But um, yeah, so so I don't like needles, but I will. So I will tell you a couple of things. So sharing personal stories here. Um, So I was not a person who got flu shots 
um, before medical school. And then when I went to medical school, it was required that I got the flu shot. And after a lot of hemming and hawing, I finally got the dog on flu shot. And then a couple of days later, I got so sick. I got as sick as I have ever been, I think, at, up, at, up until that point in my life. I think I was as sick as I had ever been. And you could not have convinced me in a million years that it wasn't that gosh darn flu shot that made me sick. Now, that is kind of so I'm going to take this opportunity to dispel one of the myths. The flu shot does not give you the flu. It protects you from the flu. It does not give you the flu, but it doesn't protect you from all flu. So the fact that you get the flu shot does not mean that you will not experience the flu. But if you do, you will not experience it as badly as if you as you would have without the shot. And the other piece is that if it happens to be one of the strains that's included in the vaccine, if it happens, it takes about two weeks for you to get your immunity. So then you should be protected. Now, what I will say is that I got sicker than I'd ever been after I got that vaccine, but it was not because of the flu shot. I was working in a hospital. It was during the time I was doing my clerkship. It was the worst time of the year. And I'm sure that I picked up something in that hospital. Um, and I just associated it with the flu shot. And the other part is I kind of wanted the flu shot to be the bad guy, right? Because I didn't like needles and I didn't want to do it anyway. But in actuality, that's something that I think is also very important because I hear that a lot. And I have a lot of patients who are very reluctant or hesitant to get the flu shot because they think that it's going to give them the flu. And the, this is inactivated viral particles that are included in you, this. It's not physically possible. Yeah, right? you can't. So you don't get the flu from the flu shot. Now, you can get a little immune reaction. Um, you can get soreness at the injection site. It can last a few days. You can even get a little low-grade fever, maybe some mild aches, which is why often they give you some uh, ibuprofen or something at the same time or advise you to take it. Yes. That's your immune system responding. to. That's a good thing. Your immune system is doing something against those foreign antigens or little proteins that were injected into your body. That is not the flu. It is not the flu. But I, so for everybody who is under the sound of my voice at this moment, who feels like they have they, too, have had the flu shot and then gotten really sick. Let me just say, as a physician, that probably did happen. But do not be fooled. You didn't get the flu shot. Uh, you didn't get the flu from the flu shot. You already had it on board. Yeah, it was I'm percolating. Just, it, it was just bad timing. It was bad timing for the shot. <laughs> but that, I think that's something that's really important. And I think it's it's I think we do a disservice as as healthcare professionals when we dismiss when someone says that this happened. And I can say that because it happened to me. When you dismiss, ah, you didn't get it. Well, it may explain to people what you mean by that because they need to understand that you know how they could still be sick after this happened, but it not necessarily be, that may not have been the cause behind you actually being sick. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest barriers, in my opinion, that I've experienced clinically with the patients that I've cared for. And even in the people in my family who I've tried to encourage to get the flu shot, people are like, mm -mm, not doing it because I don't want to get the flu. And I said, so let me think about this. If you don't want to get measles, do you decide not to get your measles vaccine? 
or do you get your measles vaccine because you don't want to get measles? If you really don't want to get the flu, then the flu shot is really the one of the best protections that you have against that. So I just think that's something that I I think starting out the gate, we're going hard from the very beginning. Get your shot. Dr. Dr. Brown said, get your flu shot. And I'm going to tell I'm following up to tell you it's not going to give you the flu. Yeah, and, and if you think so, did you just tell the people, Dr. Owen said, that the flu <laughs> shot is not going to give me the flu. Trust me on this one, ladies and gentlemen. She wouldn't lie. I really wouldn't. I She's promise. She's a very honest lady. But I do understand that you can have a sickness. It, it does not prevent you from having some kind of sickness. So that stuff's going to happen. Um, but I would submit to you that you don't get the flu from the flu shot. Yeah, there are lots of different... Oh. What? Oh. What's happening? Um, wait a minute. <gasps> I think we're are we playing homage to our beloved oh, New Orleans Saints who are going on the playoff run? That's to one thing we didn't lose this week uh, was that game. Negative. Oh. We are so excited. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our cue that we are gonna take our break. We're coming back next to talk to you about the flu. But in the meantime, how don't we just send a little love toward the New Orleans Saints as they're making their way in their playoffs this love weekend? Love you, Drew Brees. <laughs> This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And we are back. This is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and I'm joined with my lovely esteemed co-host, Dr. Allie Brown. And we are here today... In addition to sending good feelings to our Saints fans um, for the playoff game this week, we're talking about influenza and we're talking about the flu. So we, if you missed our first segment, just to recap, get your flu shot and the flu shot is not going to give you the flu. Doesn't mean you can't get the flu, but at least you won't get it from the shot. So there you go. Have no more fear. The flu shot is here. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was good. That was actually good. Fantastic. So anyway, guys, our number one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send us an email to women at mpbonline.org. I got um, you another myth. Okay, let's go for it. Okay, so guys, we are going through all things flu today. So we're going to let you know things you can do to prevent the flu. We can talk about signs and symptoms of the flu. We have talked about ways to prevent the flu, and we are also going to go through some of those good old-fashioned myths that can get perpetuated because Southern Remedy for Women is all about abolishing misinformation as it pertains to you living your healthiest and best life. So we are getting rid of, we are stamping out all of that misinformation. We are busting all those myths and giving you good information so that you can be prepared against the ravages, the ravages of the flu. Oh, my. Okay. So let's go with it. Next All right. Myth. What a buildup. I know, right? Here's so you got to deliver. Here's the myth. I'm coming to your office, Dr. Owens, and I'm saying, I'm not going to get that flu shot. It's too late. I hadn't got it yet. I'm just not going to get it. 
What day is it? Today is January. Not today. Oh. <laughs> it's like when you come to the office and say that. It's like it's June the, or is it? No, it's today. Oh, okay, today. It's too late. Is it's it too late? too late? It's never too late. It get is never too shot. late. Get that is shot. a myth. So here's you the, don't have to get it in October. You don't have to. You know, as a matter of fact, you can get it in September. Just so you know. You That's when it, in December. Yeah. <laughs> Mid-September is usually when the new um, flu shots for the season uh, become available. But I think it's um, it's really important to know that if you're, it's never too late to be protected. You need to get it as early as possible. Earliest is best. Absolutely. But flu season can last all the way to May. Absolutely. Through through May. It can. Yeah. Yes. Memorial Day. It peaks around this time of year between December and February. So this is not too late to get a flu shot if you have not already. No. It's never too late to be protected. Okay. So if you're trying to protect yourself from... And you know what... Have you ever had the flu, Dr. Brown? Ever I, had the flu? I, I had it when I was in college before I ever got a flu shot, and I will always get the flu shot. It was awful. I felt like I got hit by a truck. So, yeah. It, so the same truck that hit you, like, drove around for a few decades and hit me later. Because I, I had, so I'd never had the flu. I got that flu shot. I got sick. It wasn't the flu. Great. But, um... I never had the flu until last year. And I get the flu shot every year. Um, and we actually work at a place where everybody gets the flu. And that's part of our institution's commitment to making the hospital safe for our patients. Um, that's what I meant to say. Did I say everybody gets the flu? Sorry. Everybody gets the flu shot at our institution. Um, and it's part of trying to just make the hospital a safe place. Because the last thing you want to do is have somebody come in who has the flu and you get something or you catch something from somebody working in the hospital. Because if you're already in the hospital, we have a lot of people who are immunocompromised or who have difficulty with their immune systems functioning well. Or people who are sick are already going to be additionally um you know, they're all already going to be susceptible to additional infections. So we try to limit that. And um, so I think it's really important for um, for people to know that that kind of mindset is out there, that people are really trying to limit exposures, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it's never too late to protect yourself. And um, so very good point. Never too late. Thanks. <laughs> You but had that true. look on your face it's that you were true. really going to say something very meaningful, and you just like, thanks. Thank you. It was very meaningful. Well, that is. And how about people who are more susceptible to the flu? This is not a myth. This is a fact. The list is long, and it's common things. People more susceptible to getting the flu who super-duper need to get the flu shot. People with asthma. People with sickle cell or other blood diseases. Okay. People Pe- with diabetes, diabetes. People with diabetes, mm-hmm. lung disease. People with heart disease. People with kidney disease, pretty much if you have a disease almost. Yeah. You need you to get, have, you're at an increased yeah. risk. People Folks who with chronic are medical overweight, illnesses. BMI mm-hmm. greater than 40, so obese individuals. Uh, people over the age of 65. Yes, that's a big deal. Oh, pregnant women. Pregnant Boom. women. I got that. Is pregnant that on women. your list? Yes, ma'am. Pregnant women. People younger than five and definitely younger than two years old. Yeah, so women who are concerned about, um, and, and there's a lot of concern, there are some uh, vaccines or vaccinations that we don't recommend that pregnant women get. The flu shot is not one of them. And as a matter of fact, the flu shot, I mean, the flu actually um, is worse when pregnant women get it. They can get 
horribly sick. And in some instances, they can die. And we are not accustomed to pregnant women dying um, because most of them are usually young and relatively healthy. Um, But this is kind of one of those things that we get really, really serious about. And when a pregnant woman has the flu, that can be very, very serious. Um, and so there, I know there's a lot of concern about vaccines and which ones are safe. Definitely make sure that you consult with your physician about which ones are recommended in pregnancy because there are some that are not. Um, but please know that the flu shot is not one of them. And so I always tell people, if you ever had a reason to get the flu shot before when you're pregnant, you definitely have one. You not only have one reason, you got two. Um, but I'm going to give out the number one more time for those of us who, uh, for those of you who are in the listening audience or who are just joining us, it's one eight seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We would really love to hear from you. Have you had? Do you have a myth that you want to try to figure out? Um, anything that you've done in the past? Do you have a home remedy or something that you use that has been very effective against the flu? Um, or what exactly do you do to kind of help protect yourself from influenza? Um, please call us and share your stories and your comments with us. Um, if you are not at a phone and would like to send us an email, that email address is women at mpbonline.org. Next one, Dr. Brown. So just to you, you know, for your pregnant patients, I, I would assume the symptoms are similar for any patient. You know, wh- when should someone come in? You know, there are lots of people who just have a cold. Uh, you don't. Most people don't go to the doctor every time they're just feeling a little sick. When should someone go see their doctor when they are afraid they might have the flu? So I think overwhelmingly, um, so we are concerned at any point in time with pregnant women who have fevers. So pregnant women with fevers, that's a reason for you to to call your doctor and probably be seen. Most people would probably tell you to be seen. Um, The thing I think that really makes the flu different from just um, general colds, and we're talking about just general symptomatology, is it is that the the body aches um, and and the malaise. You know, if you're getting a cold, you might have a sore throat, you might feel a little nasal or whatever. You may not necessarily feel your best, or you can feel like you're coming down with something. But like you said, when if it's the flu, it like knocks you over like you've been hit by a truck and just the generalized body aches, the the just discomfort in your body as you're just trying to move, doing regular things um, and how, how just extremely wiped out you feel. I think those yes, are just zapped and cannot get up exactly. out of bed. And yeah. I'm telling, I, what you said made so much sense. I, well, thank I, had, you. The, I had the flu one time. <laughs> And it was horrible. And I had I had gotten my flu shot and I still ended up getting a different strain of flu. And I've only had it once in my life. And it was absolutely horrible. It was the worst thing that I can remember as far as just an illness that I was that I was aware of and felt. It was the worst feeling. It was horrible. That was um, like crying. I was, <laughs> I was in college and I was, my parents weren't by me and I was like, oh. I just want to roll into the car. It's one of those things. I <laughs> Go just there. Would, yeah, I would never. I want my want, mama. I would never want to to wish on. Um, I would have never wanted to wish that on anybody. It was it was really a terrible terrible experience for me. I mean, it's just like I had the fevers and the chills, and I mean, I felt like 
I felt like the hair on my head hurt. <laughs> Every part of my body ached. It was just absolutely. I hate to awful. laugh at your pain, but it's I know kind of funny. It, it wasn't funny. But like with awful. a cold, you'll often have a stuffy nose, sneezing. That's unlikely with the flu. With a cold, you might run a little bit of fever, but with flu, you have a high fever. You have it for three or four days. You have chills. You can have a sore throat, but that's more like a cold. You know, but sometimes you do. Some people will have. Now, here's another thing that can be different with the flu. GI stuff. Oh, you can they have, can especially have, kids. They can mm-hmm. have vomiting and diarrhea. And, and there are certain flu strains that are notorious for also involving your GI tract. And so, um, you know, it's one thing to have a cold, but. When you have those upper respiratory infection symptoms along with the gastrointestinal or that stomach stuff, whether it's vomiting or if it's diarrhea, um, that's another thing that you can have that's just a a symptom of of the flu. What else you got? Oh, headaches. That's another one. Yeah, Yeah, you can have headaches. And sometimes it's just that stuffy kind of feeling, but other Mm -hmm. times it's just um, a plain old just final head discomfort. So being able to differentiate these symptoms to allow you to get to the doctor is important because getting tested for the flu to know you have the flu can make it possible for you to get some medications that could decrease the severity of your illness or decrease the amount of of time that you'll have it to keep you from exposing other family members. If you have a family member or a close acquaintance that has immune system issues, they could perhaps get on the medication. Mm -hmm. That's true. And for, you know, we mentioned earlier just talking about pregnant women, um, you know, for pregnant women who have those kinds of symptoms, we will swab them to see if they are positive. So we do a rapid test to see if it comes back positive for the flu. So what is the test? What do people expect from that? But okay, we'll come back to that in just a minute. I want to touch touch on that after the break, but I do want to get this point out before we, because we're getting ready to go to to a break in a second. But the one thing is that we will swab pregnant women and if they have symptoms of an upper respiratory infection or if we feel like it is suspicious for, for the flu. And because the flu is so devastating to pregnant women, even if they swabbed negative, if the store, if the symptoms by themselves um, are suspicious enough, we will treat them because it's much better for them to be treated than it is for them to actually be misdiagnosed and to end up with the flu. So, I mean, it's that big of a deal. And so I'm glad you, you brought that up. And, and we're about to take our, our next break. But when we come back, we'll talk about flu testing. And then we'll go on with some of the things that we can do to protect ourselves and kind of talk about the course of the flu. If you happen to be one of those unlucky folks who didn't get your flu shot or who happens to get the flu. So we'll be right back with Southern Remedy for Women coming up next. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you for listening. This is Southern Remedy for Women, and I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, here with my lovely co-host, Dr. Allie Brown. And we have been talking about the flu. We've been talking about ways to protect yourself, um, kind of trying to dispel some common myths about influenza, um, and talking about some special vulnerable populations, people who are at risk. Uh, we've also reviewed some of the signs and symptoms, and so we are just going to continue along in that vein. In our last segment, Dr. Brown had mentioned uh, we were talking about testing for flu, and um, I promised her that we were going to move on to um, address how we might test for flu. Um, so just for the folks who might just be tuning in, Dr. Brown, what was your question with respect to that? I just wanted people to be aware that getting a flu test is not a scary thing. It doesn't involve needles. I just want to reduce the barriers to get tested. Like me. That's yeah. right. Dr. <laughs> Owens even would get a flu test. Yeah. Well, you know, I also don't like things in my nose. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Then you're out of luck. So it's kind of a problem because it's, it's a nasal swab, um, and I don't like things in my nose. Um, but... Yeah. So we we do there's it's a swab that's done in inside the nose and um then they basically put it in some reagents in order to determine whether or not it's positive for uh, for flu. And you find out pretty fast. I mean, while yeah. you're there for that visit, you quick. find out. Mm-hmm. It you know, if for those of you who might have uh potentially been uh, diagnosed with or had a concern for strep throat, the same way how they put the little swab at the back of your throat and uh, use that swab to determine whether or not you might have uh, strep throat. It's a very similar test, only the swab goes in your nose. And whereas with a strep test, it's looking for a bacterial infection, of course. Um, and I think we pr- might be a little remiss in not having mentioned this before, but um, the flu or influenza is caused by a virus as opposed to a bacteria. So strep throat is caused by a is a bacterial infection, uh, streptococcal infection in the throat. Whereas uh, the flu, which is a shortened version of influenza, um, is caused by a virus. Yeah, so antibiotics will not treat the flu. Some people get prescribed antibiotics when they have the flu because of the fear of them having a pneumonia or an infection from a bacteria on top of their flu. Right, so that's a very good point. Um, So just know that if somebody has given you antibiotics, and that is one of the complications. So we talk about the flu. The flu itself is an illness. But once you have the flu, then you may also be susceptible to what we call super infections or other complications, which means that you can get another infection on top of the flu or while you are ill with the flu. And so one of the more common complications of influenza is um, you can have pneumonia. Um, And sometimes it's a viral pneumonia. Sometimes it's a bacterial pneumonia. Um, But if you are given antibiotics, those antibiotics... Only, which is why we always tell people when they say, I have a cold, I need a Z-Pack. And we say, but a Z-Pack is an antibiotic. And if you have a cold, which is caused by a virus, then it's like you are trying to 
I don't know, put out a fire with a gasoline hose. Like it's not the same. Like you're, yes. you're it's the wrong treatment for what your illness like, is. I so, felt so bad for three days, and then I got that Z pack, and a couple days later, I felt better. Well, you probably would have felt you better anyway. Felt better along. Right? Because because antibiotics are intended to well, antibiotics work to fight bacterial infections, which is why they call antibiotics bacterial infections. So those two go together. So if you have a bacterial infection, then the antibiotics will work. If you have a viral infection, whether it's a cold, whether it's herpes virus, whether it's influenza, antibiotics don't work against viruses. If you are going to be treated for a viral infection, you need an antiviral. So when everybody everybody hears the brand name Tamiflu is the thing that people are used to hearing when it comes to treatment or even for prevention, say, for example, in people who are at, at risk or who have been exposed to the flu, that is a antiviral, which means it is designed to work against viruses. Antivirals work to take care of viral infections. Antibiotics are to be prescribed for bacterial infections. And you don't cross over. So you don't give somebody antivirals for a bacterial infection. You don't give somebody antibiotics for a viral infection. One more time, I want to give out the number for those of you who would like to give us a call and share a comment. Or if you have a question, it's one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Our email once again, women at mpbonline.org. So very good point about antibiotics and antivirals. I'm glad that we were able to get that out. Let's talk a little bit about like how the flu spreads and go a little bit more in depth about prevention because I think it's really important for people to recognize that while the while the flu vaccine or the flu shot is an important preventive measure, that there are some other things that people can do, that we can do in order to A, prevent the spread of the flu and maybe even keep from getting it. Prevention step number one, Dr. Brown. Oh, the most common thing that I say in my house to my oh children. My keep your fingers out of your mouth. <laughs> yes. So Get not your fingers out of your mouth, off your face. No fingers to the face. So fingers out of your mouth and out of your nose will help. Out your eye. Everything. Yeah. And I think the, uh, and so I'm going to piggyback on that. Here with it comes. Hand washing. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. A wash, lot. Wash them a lot. Keep a little container of antibacterial oh, hand, hand sanitizer the best yes and and look in one pocket is the hand sanitizer and the other pocket is the hand lotion because it can have a drying effect especially during the winter months oh my goodness that's important it is yeah. Yeah. aesthetics so, yes. there you go so you don't have the you don't have to have the rough dry cracked hands you can be a crazy ridiculous like hand washer with reckless abandon and nobody has to know if you just keep a little lotion in the other pocket there you, you are so smooth I think these these are this is important. Like medicine should not only it needs to be practical. People That's need right. to know so people won't do it. Well, exactly, and it's not just the whole like. So the medical piece is important, but the practical piece is also important because these are you know you want to be able to incorporate this in your life. And people are like oh, I don't want to wash my hands all the time. I get the dry skin and my skin cracks and my hands are. So then they might not wash as often. Then so it's get, like yeah. you know. Because the flu is spread through respiratory droplets. So from your spit, from your sneeze, the stuff that comes out your mouth, out your nose, or somebody else's to you. If they have it on their hand and they touch the door handle, and then you touch the door handle. Yeah, you know, or if I they mean, sneeze and then they shake your hand. Yeah. 
Um, you know, or how many times have you seen somebody just kind of rub across or wipe their nose or whatever you and just then offer it. you their same hand? Don't do it. Well, I was just oh, I was okay. being demonstrative. That was intended to be demonstrative. That's a fancy word. Anyway, um, so yeah, so hand washing, very important. Um, Something else that I don't know that people pay attention to and something that I say to my children, cover your mouth when you sneeze or cough. And it's actually, so sneezing into your sleeve as opposed, or into the corner of your elbow, as they say on Sesame Street, even on Sesame Street, they teach children, Elmo says to sneeze into your um, into your elbow. And so if you do that, what you do is you minimize the projection of all of those very small droplets. If you've never seen a picture, I would encourage you, if you have access to a computer or a smartphone, just look online and Google a image or a photo of a sneeze. And if they, they've captured these photographs of sneezes in real time and it's actually kind of kind of scary and a little <laughs> disgusting, but there these you see this one person sneezing and you their eyes are closed and their face is all like all contorted. But then you see like this, it's like a an explosion. Like you got the hose on mist. Yeah, it's <laughs> like an explosion, and there's this mist that is spread all around them of all these droplets, and all of those droplets can contain viruses and other things that can spread infection. So just be mindful of that. And something that simple can minimize the risk of spreading our germs to others. So um, yes, sneezing into your sleeve, washing your hands as much as possible and not putting your hands around your mouth or your, your nose. And another thing is even touching your eyes, like what you, people don't think about it, but when you touch your eyes, whether you're picking in the corner of your eye or rubbing your eye, that can oftentimes be a way that you can introduce um, viruses and other particles into your body. Keep your hands off your face. Yeah, if you can. That'd be great. Yeah, it's a good way to uh, prevent the the spread of germs. Any other Great tips you got for helping to decrease the spread of... Uh, if you're sick, stay home. Don't try to be a hero. Don't come to work and expose everybody at the office. Don't send the kid to school and expose other kids. So try not to spread it to other people. Yeah, and I think that some sometimes people have... Um, they are concerned by not knowing, um, you know, how long. So say, for example, so you've said that. So now somebody says, eh, I'm not really feeling well. So how long do I stay home? How long should I how long should I stay home? If I'm not feeling well, do I stay until I feel better? Do I do I stay until my fever breaks? Like if you have the flu, you need to go on and stay home. What do I need to do? So the the thing that I think is really important is that people need to know that the most contagious period of time for folks who have the flu is between the first three to four days after you really get sick. Um However, um, you can actually spread the virus to others even before you start feeling ill. And so we all know that there are some of us who 
you know, it takes a couple of days for you to come down with chicken pox, but you might have been around somebody who had it a couple of days before. Right. So um, that person may not have broken out, but you were hanging out with them. And next thing you know, you got it. So it works the same way um, when with respect to the flu. You just have to be mindful about the times when you are most contagious And then the other part is being able to make sure that during the time that you are ill, that you are building up enough strength to be able to do whatever it is that you need to do from day to day. So our phone lines are lighting up. And so we are going to go directly to them and we are going to hear from Mikey, who's calling us from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, you you couldn't be more timely as usual with this today's program bless you for it i'm on an 11 about day and 11 and a half oh my goodness so, hey, mikey happy new year. Happy new oh year. my goodness I'm you ringing it in in a big way well as usual i do everything big what do you say <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> we're not going to talk never mind pant sizes or anything uh, but, uh y'all forgive me i'm not taking cold medicines or flu medicines um it's too late for me for that as as far as what I've been told, and that's okay. Um, my concern right now is that your your information is super useful because I just got through talking with my brother a little bit before, gave him a list of how this particular this particular strain is hitting uh, parts of Mobile particularly heavy, even with people who have um, uh, had the flu shots, which includes my brother. But he has a job that is going to force him. Mardi Gras starts the first parade is tomorrow on Dauphin Island, um, and then the other parades start uh, two days, uh, two weeks from today, downtown Mobile. So, of course, that all figures into all of this, and we want everybody to stay as healthy as they can. He has no choice because he has to run a lot of the machinery that helps to keep this stuff mm-hmm. to keep going, like a lot of other people. It takes a lot of behind-the-scenes people to, to put on the kind of festival that Mardi Gras is. Um, So uh, my main interest in calling is uh, I'm surviving so far. Well, good. Um, We're glad to hear it. uh, But uh, to keep him from, uh, to uh, make sure that he does everything that he can to help himself because he has he has no choice he's going to have to be standing up and working through it for at least three weeks and he's got a bunch of other stuff behind it i told him that from what i knew so far um to go and buy a though he's had the shot and he um is not experiencing any you know i said from what i've heard go to the drugstore if it's on your lunch hour if it's on your you're on your way home Go to somewhere and buy a bottle of Tamiflu and have it with you. Because what I've heard from other people who are experiencing this is that the sooner you take it, it won't keep it off, but it will um, shorten the duration and the density of the symptoms you have. Now, the symptoms with this, it starts with a slight sore throat, which you don't think is anything of it. Then it gets to a mid-bad sore throat. Then the sinus stuff, then the nose stuff, then the nose blowing, then the lungs and the cough with the intermittent fevers and stuff, and the freezing weather don't help. So um, I'm just trying to warn everybody else who hasn't gotten it yet and who's trying to stay safe. 
Mikey, thanks so much for that. You are you are spot on, and you are you are correct. Now it's hard for people to just go out and buy Tamiflu because it's available by prescription, and a lot of people will not just write it prophylactically. But if you have an exposure, make sure you made some very good points. Please make sure that you contact your healthcare provider and you let them know that you think you might have had an exposure or at least the symptoms that you are experiencing. Because it is true with these antiviral medications, the sooner you start them, the better off you will be. And there is a point um, where they have very limited benefit if you get them, if you get if you get an opportunity to have them too late in the course of your disease. But thank you so much for bringing to mind this uh, issue of Mardi Gras that's coming up. You know, Mobile is the site. That's the the origin of Mardi Gras, the original Mardi Gras. And Allie's over here rolling her Louisiana eyes. But the original Mardi Gras began in Mobile, Alabama. And instead of throwing beads, they throw moon pies in the Mobile, Alabama um, Mardi Gras parade. So that's just some just a little tidbit for those of you out there um, as we are, you know, we're all about advanced knowledge here. So we give you guys a little trivia, too. But thanks so much for the phone call. And we hope that as your brother's out there in the midst of all this stuff, that he manages to stay safe from all of this uh, influenza. And we're going to go right on to another caller, Murray, who's also got my Alabama people are on it today, who's calling from Silver Hill, Alabama. Good morning, Murray. Hey, good morning, you guys. How are you? We're doing great. What's your question? Hey, listen, I have more of a comment more than anything. I'm an old retired nurse, and I worked in emergency medicine for many years. And I hear you guys talking about uh, viral medications that treat viruses and antibiotics that treat um, bacterial infections. So what, what I think people need to be attuned to also is that during this viral infection, you've got the cold, you've got the flu, uh, you get all these fluids build up, um, chest cold and everything, I've got a note saying that stagnated pools grow mosquitoes. <laughs> and so in the human body, it's the same way. So if you, if you don't cough all that phlegm up and those secretions up and get them moving, then, then there's a chance that with your immune system down a little bit that you are going to get a bacterial infection in there, and then you would need some antibiotics. So I think a lot of times people keep running it for two weeks, and, and all of a sudden their secretions turn a little different color, and, oh, I've got this flu. They say there's nothing I can take about it. Well, maybe at that point, you know, you do need to go see your private doctor and say, hey, you know, this has been going on for quite a while. So just a little tidbit. Yeah, that's a great point, Murray, because when you think about people dying from the flu, oftentimes those people have developed a pneumonia and and have gotten an infection on top of their initial. So Mm -hmm. thank you for bringing this up. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your phone call. All right. Thank you, guys, very much for your show. So, yeah, that and this is the whole concept of, of um, complications and, and this super infection comment. Murray was spot on. And this is the thing, guys. It's a, a, a recurrent theme that we talk about over and over again on this show. You know, yeah, the flu is horrible and it can last, you know, 7 to 10. Murray, I'm going to have to I'm going to copy you. You're going to hear that over and over again. I'm going to quote you on the stagnant pools grow mosquitoes. And that's like, even in the day of Zika, that's even more poignant. But um, I think that it's really important for people to understand that, you know, even if it's a virus and it lasts a couple of weeks, we know our bodies for the most part. And if something is lingering and it's not getting better, just like Murray said, you got to call your doctor, check and make sure that this is part of the normal thing. So if something seems to be lingering, don't poo-poo it. Don't make, don't dismiss it. Don't, don't 
think for a moment that this is, oh, it's just part of it. It just has to run its course. In some instances, you may be right, but it is a very it's a it takes just a very little bit of effort to make sure or to confirm. And that can mean everything when you think about your overall risk or having a, a pretty significant complication of what otherwise would have been a very mild process, all things considered. So if it's not really working right or if you're not getting better as soon as you think you should, it's never the wrong thing to check with your with your your doctor or your physician or your health care provider. Um, to make sure that things are going as they should. I think too often people hear, oh, it's a viral illness. It has to run its course. There is, there's a lot of truth to that, um, but you just need to be mindful that the course shouldn't be excessively long. And if you feel like something's not right, it's always much better to err on the side of caution. Yeah, if you're not getting better, in fact, you're feeling worse. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's a part like now if we're talking about the first week, you know, the first couple of days, you might feel worse the third, fourth or fifth mm-hmm. day. Um, but the truth is that at day 10, you shouldn't feel worse than you felt at day five. That That's not the, the usual course of the disease. So just be mindful of that and always keep that in the back of your head. And if you are taking care of someone or if you have a loved one and you feel that they just aren't getting better in the way that they should, then please, please encourage them uh, to seek medical attention to make sure that everything is progressing in the way that it is or that they're not having a complication that could very quickly or easily be treated um, or that would need additional treatment. So um, we have kind of run across a lot of different topics today or covered a lot of things as it pertains to the flu. I just want to make sure... uh, as we, because we've got two more minutes left, if somebody wants to give us a call, that number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're down to the last couple of minutes of the show, but just to recap, kind of the things that were the biggest take homes, I'd like to start with with Murray's real point of making sure that everybody understands that there are some complications that occur to the that can occur with the flu, and sometimes you can get another infection or have a complication of the flu that will require additional treatment. So if you don't get better um, within the expected time frame, definitely see your physician. The second thing, get your flu shot, please. It's never too late to be protected. So if you haven't gotten it yet, it is not too late. You can hop right on board with the rest of us and be protected and be part of the fight against the spread of influenza. You can get it at the drugstore, the grocery store. I mean, it's very available. It really is. And um, and and at any at any medical facility as well. Yeah, there you go. pharmacy. <laughs> you can even go to one of those. You know, now they're Doctor like all these little doctor clinics mm-hmm. that are popping up all over. You can go to the store. You can get your tire changed. You can get your tire changed. You can get some groceries and milk and get your flu shot all in the same place nowadays, which is wonderful. I mean, it's great. All access. about access. Yep. Absolutely. Um, the flu shot doesn't give you the flu, so don't be afraid. If that's the thing that's been keeping you from getting it, as of today, you can officially feel informed and feel secure. You can go get your flu shot with Without fear that it will give you the flu because the flu shot will give you protection against the flu and not the flu, which is also very important for you to know. Wash your hands and don't put them in your face. Those are two things that will help to decrease the spread of not just the flu, but many other viruses. Like I think about pink eye and some of those other things. And then sneeze into your elbow. If you sneeze into your elbow or at least make a concerted effort to cover your mouth, then you can help to decrease the spread of disease as well. And so you hear the theme music. 
that means it is time for us to wrap up. Thank you so much for listening and for our callers who have participated. We're sending love out to the saints. We're sending love out to people who've experienced loss. Um, Today's Southern Remedy was produced and engineered by Liz Gill. And I don't know who was screening our calls, but whoever it was. Oh, Michelle McAdoo was screening our calls. Thanks so much, Michelle. I'm Dr. Michelle Owens, and for Dr. Allie Brown, we'd like to say thanks so much for listening. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women, and stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.